lot of things that need to be thankful. I'm so thankful for the word of God this morning. I think we all can see that the Lord knows our need and He knows all the situation that we have, even for one person. How I love to, somebody can preach a service just for one person. And I was that one person a long time ago, several years or 20 some years ago. But some uh, God called man that preached a service that had cushioned my heart uh, just for that one person. And I gave my heart to the Lord. I'm so thankful for that. May the Lord uh, just bless Brother Tom for that. I just want to give you a, uh, maybe a little update um, of what's happening in China. So I did uh, uh, communicate it with the sense uh, uh, over there. And uh, you know the Lord is a miracle working God. And whenever uh, the persecution never uh, uh, scared the believer. It's only brought them together even more. It just only make the Lord become a more uh, uh, manifested, powerful than than ever. So those um, uh, you, you probably have heard that before. There was something the situation was tightened up over there, but the believers, uh, the brothers especially. Uh, they just carry this message uh, even further to more remote area uh, than ever. It was almost a feel like in the book of Acted again, when a persecution come, then the sense in Jerusalem, they just go to everywhere and then bring the gospel to those places. And the one brother, um, I just um, sent a text to me that he went up to the north and, uh, northeast of China. Uh, that's uh, almost uh, at the border uh, with the Siberia. And uh, the weather was very cold over there, so he went there uh, with uh, with the brother in his church, and they shared a message uh, with the people over there. And while they were uh, uh, there in the car, they was talking about the message. Then we get into the meeting place. There was one uh, lady; she was um, uh, got a heart failure, and uh, the tongue is one black, and his face is one black, and. And then uh, the brother right there and uh, lay hands on her and pray for her. And just right after the prayer, then she woke up, then walk out of the bed and start to walking. And so the Lord uh, just did a miracle. And before they know it, and then uh, the one who drive them to the place said, uh, this is an absolute miracle. Then he said, and this is only after uh, this driver saw what's happened. He said, this is absolute miracle. He said, I'm the one actually against this message. You don't know. He said, I'm coming. Even said, whoever preaches message is a cult. I don't want to believe it. But now my eyes has saw what is the God has worked. And then he started to believing. You know, when the Lord is doing something miracle like that, that you just know what a message that what we have. He knows each situation. He knows each person. Then what is the God in the years ago is still the same God today. What is this God in the China? Is it still the God in Canada and in the U.S. in Cloverdale and wherever that you are? And then uh, there was another person who's uh, that in the meeting who's got a high fever, and while the brother was preaching, then her fever was got healed. And there is another person who uh, uh, got a shoulder injury from an accident, and that, uh, while they're hearing the word, then a shoulder pain which is totally gone. How can you say this word is not true? And there is a there is a couple. They were riding on the tricycle in the white uh, in the weather minus twenty, and so they ride on the tricycle for four hours, and they come over to hear the meeting, and right after service, and then the couple was baptized. 
So, you know, whenever there is a um, hardship, whenever there is a trials, but God is always the overcomer. He never that Satan to uh, bra- uh, try to break it along uh, before God. So the word is still uh, preaching over that are there. And, uh, but of course, because of the situation, so the brothers, uh, they have to uh, change the meeting place uh, uh, almost every week from uh, one place to another place, from another place. But thank God, uh, Lord, uh, making everything work together for those people that love him. So the gospel is still preached in the power and in the might. And still people was baptized. Uh, and Jairus' daddy just sent me a text a few days ago. He said just in the last uh, few months that uh, they had more than 10,000 people was baptized. And Brother Elvi just sent me another text. Uh, and he said that they just have the baptism for a family. And then when a sister first time came into the service. And then when she heard the word and saw that, she said, I want to be baptized. We just didn't even bring any clothes to jump into the water and to baptize in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to it, our God. I'm just so happy when I saw the word of God is still being preached and that he's still mightily moving among the people. Amen. Okay, if you don't mind, I'll just invite you to stand. So that's uh, go to the scripture right away. You know, I have a several biggest anime. One of them, the biggest anime is the time. I always uh, struggling to try to uh, finish the earlier, but it seems like I'm never going to make it. But I'll try it tonight. And let's turn to a scripture, uh, book of Hebrew, chapter 12. And just before we go to the scripture, if we can uh, just go to the prayer first. And uh, Sister Naomi uh, Natimba is going through the operation uh, of gallbladder. So it ask us if we can remember her in prayer. You know, no matter how small it is or how big it is, the things will never be too big for God to fix it. And the things will never be too small for God to overlook it. Everything. You, uh, you know, the other day I was a fellowship with some brothers. I said, um, you know, while the millions, uh, thousands of the people and in Jesus' time, that is the God is sick, and uh, but Jesus uses as a power to curse a tree. And that in the prophet's time, when there's a millions of people waiting for the prayer, but the prophet just make a little fish come back to life. It just showed to us there's nothing too big for God, and there's nothing too small for God either. He's in control of everything. No matter how big the situation, how small the situation, our God, He's the control. Everything is in His hand, under His control. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, at this moment we remember our sister Naomi. We ask the great mighty God, let it come on the scene. Lord, whatever situation that he's in, whatever sickness that he's, she's going through, whatever the operation she's going through, we ask that the mighty God, who is the great physician, now can be touched by our feeling of infirmity. Lord, we ask you to take it over, Lord. Amen. Don't let a doctor take it over, because if the doctor take it over, he might use his scientific knowledge to try to fix it. But let a great physician take it over, because, Lord, you know before the 
foundation of the world for this moment, for our sister has to go through. So we ask that a mighty physician come on the scene. Either you want to totally heal her by the miracle, or you want to heal her by the doctor, but guide to the doctor's hand. Lord, let a mighty physician write the report, do the whole process, so that she can be totally healed. Father, we thank you, Lord. Lord, I ask you to remember the service that we're going to have. Lord, it's just a little simple thought. But Lord, there's nothing too simple for you. Lord, we ask you to continue the working. Just take the atmosphere from this morning and continue to use that. And until tonight, Lord, until the last sheep that come back to the fold. Lord, we know you're the mighty miracle worker. We know that you're the deliverer. You're the one that concerns about each of your child. Not one child's name that was passing by before you without you knowing it. So, Lord, we just pray you come on the scene. Speak to your children. Open up your word. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Book of Hebrew, chapter 12, verse 22. The Bible, the Bible said, But ye are come unto Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to the innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of a just man made perfect, and to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, that speaketh better things than that of Abel. May the Lord bless His word. You may be seated. I want to speak about uh, the blood that still speaketh better things. So, just try to save some time. I'm going to go uh, directly uh, to the point here. In the question and answer, Brother Brandon said, uh, it was just one uh, um, brother or sister, he doesn't mention the name, asked a question. Said that this other question is really not a question. He said, it just says, I lived many years in sin until I found the Lord. He said, please, Brother Branham, I have sinned again, and I'm not worthy to come before you in this holy place. I'll think about what a repentance this man or this woman had did. And she, uh, she or he uh, doesn't even feel the worthy to come to the church. You know, that's the foundation of it. For the forgiveness, there must be a truly repentance first. For the forgiveness that coming from God, God has sent a, a blood. He sends the atonement to atone for our sin. But it must be having a truly sorrow for the sin first. And then he said, please tell me if I can be restored holy again. He said, please help me, Brother Branham. I have a devil in me. Help me. Will you lay your hands upon me and restore me again? And Brother Branham said, he said, yes. He said, you have not sinned, my friend, so far in God, but what you could be restored. He said, if you had sinned so far that you could not be restored, you never want to be restored. You know that the prophet doesn't know this person. But he directs a person 
or that's become a principle to every one of us, directed back to the principle of the Word of God. He doesn't have to use the discernment to say what sin this person has did. He doesn't have to use the discernment to know all the background of this person, who this person is. But he just, based on what is the person has a right, then he gives them an answer directly from God. He said, you have not sinned, my friend, so far in God, but what you could be restored. If you had a sin so far that you could not be restored, you will never want to be restored. If ever that in your heart that you want to be restored, that means you're not too far from the grace of Godhead. You haven't crossed the line yet. And the prophet said, but as long as there is something dealing with your heart, you are still in line of a restoration. He said, the guilty of the list is the guilty of the whole. He said, I have sinned many times, every day, every one of us doing things that we don't want to do. I think that's the key of it. It's the things that you don't want to do. It's not a something that you are in or it's a desire to do it, to do the same. The things that you do is that, Lord, I don't want to do that. But it's something that the devil will trap you or he, or he uh, put that a soul, seems like no harm, that it makes you to do it. Many times we do things willfully. You cannot say, you know, I don't, I, I sin against the Lord. I do this I, not willfully. The devil doesn't bend on your head and make you run into coma and lift your hand to do this and make your eyes to watch this and make sure things to do. The devil doesn't do that. He cannot bend your head. If you went into coma, you become a sinless. I wish I can be went into the coma so that I don't have to be tempted. But the devil never lets you do it. He lets you willfully to do things that is wrong. David willfully to commit an adultery. But it's the Satan trapped him into that. It is a desire, a desire to serve the Lord. In the bride is a desire, the desire to serve the Lord. But you were trapped into it. And then he trapped you into it in such a way, make you willfully to do, to do things that is wrong. But how to the judge if I desire to do things wrong or don't desire to do things wrong? If you willfully to make a mistake and do things that is wrong, you always come back and say, the Lord, I done things wrong. I don't mean it. Forgive me, the Lord. So it does, it's different that you know what's wrong than doing it and from the desire, from your desire to do wrong and you're doing it. When God changed the person, that person's desire has been changed. His whole nature has been changed. In his heart, we might see the appearance, we might see on that outside that a person do things, but we never be able to go into the heart of the person. And only the Lord knows the heart of the person. And he knows what is the desire in that person, if he wants to do wrong or he don't want to do wrong. If you ever been born again, if the Spirit of a God is living in you, if the life of a God is living in you, it doesn't mean that you're immune from the making mistake. It doesn't mean that you're immune that you willingly, you willfully make a mistake. The brother Bram said in the Hebrew series, he said, you will make a mistake. You will do things wrong and you will willfully do things wrong. But you see, the devil was so tricky enough, subtle enough, he would make things that it seems like you desire to do wrong, you don't desire to do wrong. 
It's your mind. He's saying, make the reasoning, make the imagination. He was telling you, oh, that's is innocent. This is a, this is nothing so harm. But in your heart, it's a still small voice said, don't do it. But then you let the reasoning, that imagination drawn that still small voice. Then you willfully doing it. But when you, when the Lord with the word to wake you up, when you saw that, like David said, I sinned against the Lord. Then right away, the prophet said, the Lord had forgiven you. Do you understand that? A willfully doing wrong and a desire? In your heart desire, you don't want to sin against the Lord. And by God's grace, God gives you the grace enough so that you won't sin against the Lord. And the brother Abraham said, it's in our heart. You don't want to be that way or you wouldn't ask this question. This man or this woman might not be able to even to tell the prophet and come before the prophet to say it. But he write down a letter, write down a little note that the brother Abraham made a question and answer, answered at her. So it is not to what you, uh, the, the key to this is, uh, this person, he doesn't want to do that is wrong. That it is a desire. He wants to desire to do things that is right. So when God is dealing with your life, and are you willing to obey His dealing, and you have to be the person that when God wants to restore you, you have to be the one who wants to be restored. You have to be the willingly sort of Lord, whatever you said, I believe it. For a sinner to come back, for a backslider to come back, it is very hard. Because you cannot just expect that you do things wrong without getting correction. The correction will come. It's not trying to find you an excuse that I said, oh, no problem. You go sin and it will come back. You just shed a few tears that everything's right. Correction is going to come. But a correction is not because you are an illegitimate child. Correction is because you are son and daughter of God. But Abraham said, if there is a deep calling, there's got to be a deep to respond to that call. If there's a hunger for something, that something got to be somewhere or you will have no hunger for it. If there's something in you that is calling for repentance, there must be some forgiveness that's laying somewhere that God made it for you. What is that forgiveness? It's that atonement that is made for you. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that's shed for you. And I will say what we have, the blood is still speaking today. That blood is not speaking not against you, but that blood is speaking for you. That blood is not speaking to condemn you, but that blood is speaking to you so that you can be restored. No matter how wayward you are, no matter far, how far were you, how far you can go, you might think that I crossed the line. I will never be restored. But this, that's just like this person. But God used the prophet said that you still can be restored. You haven't been sinned far enough so that you cannot be restored. As long as something is in you, you are obeying the dealing of the Lord. You said, the Lord, I want to be restored. I want to repent. I don't want to do that. It's the devil make me do that, but I'm not finding an excuse. Something in me said, I done wrong, but in my heart, I desire him for the Lord. It has to be that deep desire. It cannot be just haphazardly. We don't try to make the gospel that is the same like it just haphazardly. Anybody come, you know, you're, you're, you just shed a few tears, everything's just okay. 
But at the same time, we don't want to make the gospel. It seems like you have to pull your string, uh, string uh, on your shoes to try to reach the heaven to get it. The heaven has come down. The atonement has made it for you. The bleeding bloody word is still speaking to you. If you are a sinner like this this morning when a word was speaking, when a word was preaching to you, that is the bleeding bloody word. That's a share to you and tell you that atonement is still available for you. And Reverend said, yes. He said, yes, sister, brother, everyone who wrote this. He said, if you have fallen down here, that don't mean you're lost. You're just an eagle got into a pen. That's all. He said, you're caged up down there, down here. In sin again. You don't want to be there. That's the reason you're looking upward. When a person is not in their ought to be position, there's something in them desiring, calling out. They want to come out of that situation. They want to come out of from the position they're, they're not, they're not, not rightfully that they're in. So any person if they're not in their ought-to-be situation or position or place, and if the person that realizes this is not what I'm supposed to be, that means that God is dealing with that person. You know, God doesn't dealing with the person if it's not His seed. God dealing with the person who is His seed. If God dealing with you, that is the evidence to prove that you are God's child. If you're just a cannon fodder and a serpent seed, he won't spend time on you. Because God knows from the before the foundation of the world. There's many people that are in the bar. But how come Brother Peter and Sister Sheila, you coming from that bar and receive the message? There are many people that are in the UBC, Brother Tom. And many people probably better, many people probably more religious than him. But why God choose them? Because before the foundation of the world, there is a seed there. There are many people heard this message. But why you believe this message? There are many people heard this message and left in the message. Why you stayed? Because you belong to Him. There are many backslider and never come back again. Why you come back? Because there is a restoration for you. Then the prophet talk said to this person, given on the parable, he said that there's a crow. And this crow, and it was in tight, he said, uh, the farmer tied that old crow by the foot, and old fellow, and he ate uh, everything was around, and he couldn't get nothing else. And so the farmer just uh, left him. And he was uh, so poor that he couldn't even get up. And the crow would fly it over and say, cow, cow, cow. And in other words, say, come on, Johnny Crow. Winter time's coming. Let's go south. But he couldn't do it. It was tight. So one day, a certain fellow come by and sent that a poor old crow. So he just... Uh, he just went over and caught him and untied him. He said, go on, boy, you're free. And so then the first thing you know, he kept walking around. Here come the crow over, hollering, come on, Johnny Crow. 
He said, oh, that's cow, 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 that's gold south. The winter coming. He said, you're going to freeze to death. He said, if he could look back, see, oh, I can't do it. See, he had been so used to be tight. See, he just thought he was still tight. You may think you are tight too, brother or sister, that wrote this question. You may think the devil's got you tied down there, but he's a lie. There was one time a man come to earth, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he untied you. If you happen to be in this Johnny Crow situation, the things that you do know is just to understand you haven't been untied. If this is just a man untied you, that is only temporary. That is the false. If only just emotion untied you, that ain't gonna work. If it is just, uh, you said, uh, just by the, you tried to, uh, uh, you know, uh, get herself off and say, oh, I'm okay, I'm fine. That untie is only a false untie. That untie won't last very well. Uh, won't last very long. But you have to, that's, uh, the son of God to untie you, and then you are untied indeed. If the son of God will set you free, then you are free indeed. You have to that the word of God to untie you. You have to that the message of this hour that you receive it through your mind and go down to the womb of your heart and that will untie you. When that untie come on you and you will never be tied back anymore. When that untie happens along you, now you can realize the Lord, you have set me free. Nothing gonna take me back at it again. Then you can flop your wind and the fly away. And Brother Herman said, he said, don't you believe it? He said, you don't have to stay down there. No sir. He said, you are free. That's right. He died in your place to take away your sins. You just believe on Him. Flop your whims and fly away from the rest of them. Don't stay in that pit of devil. If the person has been backside, if the person has been uh, tied down or whatever situation that you're in, the way to be untied is to realize Jesus Christ has already untied you. There's nothing that's got a hold of you. You said, I got this happen, I got that happen. That was still hanging around me. You don't have to be untied by that. Jesus Christ has already set you free. By what? By the word of God that you received. You didn't receive the word that is weak. You didn't receive the word that is powerless. You received the word that is mighty, that is powerful. That word you received has untied you. You don't have to be there, the devil, to trample you down, to step on you, said the light to you, said I tied you, I got hold of you. He had no hold on you at all. It's a lying to you. If you're not a willing boy, if you're not a desiring to do things, to sin, to do the things that that is wrong, that means it's not you did it. It's the Satan trap you into it. The Bible in Hebrew 10, 26 said, If we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sins. 
But I hope you understand that willfully, it not means that you do things that was a ban on you, you went into coma, you did it. We do better reasoning, better things in our mind, Satan trap you into it. But what we're talking about willingly is that in your heart, what is your desire really is? If you don't desire to sin, and by the pressure, or the reasoning, or whatever things that happen to you, that you sin against the Lord, he said, he said, if you sin willfully, then remains no more sacrifice for sin. But in the opposite, if you're not sin willfully, there it is a sacrifice made for you. Then every time when you do things is wrong, it's not from the hard desire that you do it, but you were trapped into it. There is a sacrifice that made for that sin. And in the private interview, before the masterpiece, I think that Michael, this one time, has uh, quoted that. Uh, I was so blessed me when he was uh, speaking on that. And I was just uh, looking into that uh, uh, maybe I'll just uh, try to uh, share this from another angle of it. I said, Sister Bruce says, is that I made so many mistakes. Is that I failed so many times. He said, that's why Christ had to die. Brother Bram said, so that you, with your mistake, wouldn't be lauded to you. He said, he took your mistakes. Your desire in your heart is to serve him. And Sister Bruce said, yes. He said, all right, that's what he died for. So you could serve him. How can you serve him with your old birth? Your old birth cannot serve him. Only your new birth that can serve him. How God lets you serve him with your new birth so that you can serve him. You cannot serve with your might. You cannot serve Him with your own ability. That's why He gave you a new birth. That's why He let you be born again. That's why He sent down the Holy Spirit so that you could serve Him. That's why He sent down the Holy Spirit to wash you, to burn, to set you on fire, to wash you totally clean so that you have a new life living you, that you can serve Him. He said that's what He died for. So you could serve him. He died for what? He died for, for your sin. That's right. He died for, to give his life to you. That's the purpose. He died for you. He died for you. It's not just to let you feel sympathy about him. Feel sad about him. Then now you cried a little bit and said, oh, you know, I accepted Jesus. No. He died for a purpose is to let the life to be anchored in you. That is the whole purpose of dying. His dying is not to try to stir up your emotion. His dying is not try to let you shed a few tears. His dying said, I am determined. I must allow my life to be anchored in my children. Because without the anchoring of the life, God only do a halfway job. And He never do a halfway job. If we want to die, He die for you. That means if I determine to do this, I'm going to allow my life to be anchored in you. So that you can live a life of Jesus Christ. It's not how much we determined, but it's how much He determined to do it. He said that your mistakes are not looks, not lauded to you. He's your propitiation. He's your sin offering. Your sins are not known. You're not a sinner before God. 
Christ took your sins and become you because your desire is to serve Him. If you have a desire to serve Him, not serve Him with your old birth, but serve Him with your new birth, that means Christ has took your sin. That means He already died for you. That means He already gave His life to you. And all you need to do is to receive His life. And then He said, He that hears my word and believes on Him that sent me has eternal life and shall not come to the judgment, but has passed pass from death to life. St. John 5, 24, Jesus speaking. He said, you are a Christian, Sister Bruce. He said, I will watch your life. I will watch you under vision. And I know you're a Christian. He said, I'm your shepherd. He said, somebody to help. See, if there was any doubt in my mind, if I thought you was, something was wrong, he said, I had to tell you. You know, at the same time, the sister Bruce said, I made a mistake. I do so many failure. But the prophet said, I watch you under vision. The vision doesn't even show that a mistake that she made. The vision doesn't even show that all the failure that she did. The vision can only be co, uh, can only be agree with the word of a God has said. If you desire to serve the Lord, the vision only saw the desire. The vision doesn't saw anything else. The vision only saw the desire of a sister Bruce. That's the prophet said. If the vision can only solve the desire, the vision can only come from God. It's not that the prophet said, I want to see a vision. The vision come from God. When a prophet watch her under vision, that means God saw Sister Bruce. I only saw one thing. That's your desire. You want to serve me. Because you want to serve me, I give you grace. Because you want to serve me, I give you ability to serve me. I give the new birth. I give the Holy Ghost. Because that's what Sister Bruce has wanted. He said, I don't have a, uh, you know, something that I can put my foot on that have the Holy Spirit. And that is your desire to serve Him. That's the evidence. Only God can put that desire in you. Then in a message and a masterpiece. Brother Brennan said, he said, Brother Brother Brennan, and he said, on the interview a few moments ago, I was speaking to a person in the room that's a present now. said, well, Brother Brennan, I have so many things that I know that's wrong. He said, a godly little woman. I said, but look, sister, you don't look at yourself. If we look at ourselves, we will be for sure a failure. No matter how perfect you are, you will definitely Bound for failure. No matter how wonderful, religious, how sincere, no matter how faithful you are, you are bound to fall. You are bound to make a mistake. But a prophet give her, give her a, uh, a key. So you don't look at yourself. He said it's just what your desire is and what you try to do. And if you really love the Lord, you try to serve Him with all your heart and then all your mistakes. Is hiding the blood of the Lord Jesus. See, he made a way. And then a brother said in the same a private interview, he said, but remember, 
He talked to Sister Bruce as a me being a sinner. And before God, I'm not a sinner. Neither are you. We got a blood sacrifice. Well, they, there. What makes you not sinner is the blood sacrifice that has made there. God don't even see us. He hears our voice, but he sees the blood of a Christ. You know, God of vision can only see one thing. That is the blood. That he give the vision to the prophet. That the prophet can only see one thing. Under the vision, he said, I watch you. He said, not even one thing. Not even the speck of things. He sees the blood of his own son. Is our voice. Christ is the blood. That is the Christ that's talking through us. To God. So therefore, we're not sinner no more. Instead of we are Christians. When God saw the blood, though He hear, maybe it's our voice. But what is the voice in that voice? It's not our voices anymore. It's not we're speaking anymore. But it's the God Himself through the blood that's speaking through us. That's why in Hebrew 12 to 24, as we just read, He said that Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, unto the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Brethren said in the token, He said that the blood of His, the voice of His blood called out against you. That's the Abel's blood. Now we also find in Hebrew, the 12th chapter and the 24th, that the New Testament, the blood, the blood speaks better things. The blood is speaking. Then the blood has got a voice. And the voice of the blood is the word. He said, hallelujah, that's what make it is whether it's right or wrong. The word is identified by the voice of the blood. The voice of the blood is the Holy Ghost. That brings life. It is life. And it brings the life to the word and quickens it. Then he said that the blood speaketh. How can the chemistry speak? It's the life that's in the blood that does the speaking. If in your blood is only the life of you, that is you speaking. But if in the blood is the life of God, the life of Christ, by you receiving the word, because the Christ is the word, that is who speaking? Is the Christ himself speaking? That's speaking better things than Abel's. Then he said, the soul that was in Cain, is the enable that was crying out. He said, it was a life that was in Christ, that cries out better things than any. It speaks and it speaks loud. It's the Holy Spirit. It speaks the plan. It tells us that at the times here, when we say the word is said, it would say it. And the one, and then when when we see it come back and identify what he said, he said, there's nothing else left left but to believe it. Amen. He said, that's right, to receive it. Then he said, we find out that the blood does speak. It speaks in your behalf. The life that is in you speaketh from the shed blood. Then what is speaking? Is that shed blood that is speaking. 
It's not in the chemistry. But what is in that blood is the life that is in that blood. But does the blood still speaking today? By the prophet's ministry, by the word of God in this hour, that blood is still speaking. That's why the prophet said, that's the bleeding, bloody word. It's that word that is receiving, that, that you receive, that speaks through you. It's not you speaking, God hear your voice, but in that voice, there's another voice. It's not a Murphy's voice, not a Tom's voice. It's not a Joe's voice, not a John's voice, or Matthew's voice, but it's the brother's voice. That blood is speaking better things. He said, if you can see what it is, he said, it's the life that is in you. That blood is identifying you with it. It's the token. He said, what it is, the blood was shed for you. You have accepted and the life has come into you. You have the token. That's the Holy Spirit. If you do receive the word, the word has a quickens that, that into your life. That is the Holy Spirit quicken the word, the life that is living in you. When that life is living in you, that life speaks better things. Why? Because there is a better life than living in you. It's not your own life anymore, but it's a God's own life living in you. When the better, when a better life started speaking, it was always speaking different from your brain as you speak. Your mind might be say, when it's something that was a, Come out, come out onto you. And, uh, as the brother Tom was saying, somebody slap out your face. Then you might say, you know, I better get even with him. But if there is a better life that is shed of the blood and that living in you, that better life always is speaking better things. The better life speaking different from your mind has said. The mind said, I got to find a chance to get even with this guy. But a better life that in you speak better things. Say, Lord, forgive him. He doesn't know what he's doing. Because there is a better life living in you. It's better than your old life. It's better than a denominational life. It's better than a psychiatrist's life. It's better than a psychologist. It's better than the education. It's better than anything else. It's better than Wesley's message. It's better than Pentecostal message. Because they had a better life in it. Your mind might be one that's facing the situation. We said that that's impossible. But if there's a better life in you, the better life that will say, all things are possible. Amen. The mind might be said, get frustrated, get nervous. Because your children are wavered. Before the children are doing this things wrong. Now you didn't say they were God saved. Because you got nervous and frustrated all the time. The mind might say that. But a better life than the yin you said, Lord, I commit them in your hand. Because there is a better life that is the living in you. Because that's the Holy Spirit of life that is the living in you. In the token message. Brother Brahma said, he said, then when we pray, we must have the token to present with our prayer. As I said, and now believe for ourselves 
apply the token to the whole family. Before you can apply the token to the whole family, you have to believe yourself first. That means before the token can take effect on your family, you must believe first. Something has to be done in your life in order for their life to rippling, have a rippling effect to the rest of the member of the family. Is it like in Egypt, Jericho? We find out that Paul told the Romans and children, say, believe thou and all that house shall be saved. Apply it to your family. If you got an unsaved child, lay the token right on top of them, saying, Lord God, I claim him and stay right there. If you got a mother or loved one that's a lost, lay that token on them, say, Lord God, I claim it. How claim it? Brother Bram said, move out all of the worldly trash. You said, I thought it just claim it by mouth. No, you claim by action. Apply the token. It's not just apply the token with your mouth. You apply the token with that better life that living in you. That better life de- demanding a better action. That better life living in you will let you act upon what you believed. Clean life is not before you receive the Holy Ghost. Clean life is after you receive the Holy Ghost. When you, after you receive the Holy Ghost, when you really have that token, the token take effect on you, then you really start to clean up your life. Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot even clean up your life. That's why time after time you fall back. Time after time you done wrong, you come back, you go back to the same rod again. Why you haven't got a better life living in you yet? But when you receive that better life, you receive the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will drive out all the trash out of you. It's not you drive that out, but a better life leading you will crowd that thing out. Is that to move out all of the worldly trash out of your house. Get ready for it. Burn up your shorts. Throw your card table away. Get rid of your cigarettes. Dump your unbelief and your church paper in the trash can. Where they belong. He said, Amen. Then you getting ready. Then what to do? Then apply the token in prayer. Is that just said, I pray, I pray, I pray. There's a something you need to do. If there's a something between you and God, before you can apply the token, then a token take effect on your life. Then when a token take effect on your life, then you start to clean up your life, clean up your house. Then your children will come back to what is the word God said it should be. Amen. He said, then you're getting ready. Then what to do? Apply the token in prayer with real evidence, real faith. Apply it. Apply it with confidence. When you apply the token, know that you're clean up. If your heart condemns not, then we have what we asked for. The better life will make you clean up your house. The better life will make you clean up your own life. Because of the better life, that what you received will speak better things. It's not only your mouth speaking better things, but it's your life speak better things. We say it's the, it's the blood that is still speaking the better things. The blood has to speak the better things. 
Because there's something that in God's own life that it require that better things to be manifested. And the brother Bramah says in the spoken word is original seed. He said that a woman engaged to a fine young clean man. And before they come together, what she's done, she's found a pregnant by someone else. Then her own seed, which is a, her own body, which is a betrothed to her boyfriend, her engaged husband, is found full of seed of another man. What a disgrace. That's exactly what Adam found. That's what Christ has found. Couldn't wait. That's what it matter with the people today. They can't wait for the real Holy Spirit to take the church in position. They got to manufacture something. Work up something. You don't need to work up. If the Word has done something to you, receive it. Let the Word take effect. You don't have to, I have to find something. I have to work up something. You don't have to. Just drink in. Just listen to the Word and believe the Word. Other people reason, other people jump in, but you don't have to follow that. Receive the Word. By receiving the Word, the Word will work in you. When a Word works in you, it will make you jump. Wonderful. It will make you raise up your hand. Wonderful. If it doesn't make you that way, still be calm. Still drinking in, still receiving the Word. The main thing is your life that has been changed. The main thing is a better life that in you will change your life so that your life will speak better things. Your whole heart was transformed. Your whole life was transformed. You become a transformed person. That is what the Holy Ghost is coming for. He said here, they have to manufacture something, work up something. Initial evidence is speaking in tongue to get more members in the church. All this kind of tamiras, instead of waiting upon the Lord for the real manifestation of the resurrection of Christ, making Himself known among the people. And then He said, what did she do? She went out and became pregnant with the denominationalism. He talked about the churches. And so the first was the assembly of a God, then come to oneness, then come whatever more than. He said, what is it? She's pregnant. Christ's bride has become a pregnant it was the world. Dressing like the world, acting like the world. Big churches, fine. It shows what she is. We sold to the church that it had gone into the chaos. And all the worldalism, and then they're coming in, and then they're coming to the little descendant church, and until to this age, it seems like there's nothing that's holy anymore. And sometimes, you know, I watch, uh, just before the watch night, we try to uh, gather some song, and uh, let uh, uh, children uh, sing the song, and uh, the Chinese group will come out and sing the song, and I will have to watch some song that they're singing. I was a look at that. It was in my heart is aching. And they were singing the song. Some of the songs that we're singing too. And we're singing, and we're, but you know, we sing differently. The word is right, but a vessel is wrong. Whatever you call it, a hill song or whatever that I And that the people that worship, you look at the dress that they wear. You look at the makeup that they have. You look at the, the, 
the casualness that they have. Treating the word of God, treating the worship just carelessly. And I was thinking, this little church, no wonder the brother Bram and Saul, when I had a preview of the bride, he said, all oh, the bride of the U.S., the church of the U.S.A., when it's coming up, he said, my heart is aching. When I saw it, it's almost like a naked. That is the whole church has gone to. And you saw the other people that are getting colder and colder and colder. And that coldness is not only just in the church, different churches. That coldness, that formalism will try to come into the message people too. Don't think that we're immune from that. Satan's still Satan. And actually Satan gathers all his strengths. God gathered all his power. And they try to come into the message. Not that the message coming to the message of people. And if it's possible, the elected will be deceived. But how am I thankful that the Lord said that that's impossible for them to do that. But we find out that when the whole world is coming to the to the stage or situation like this, what is the purpose behind this? We talk about the, the blood speak better things. There must be something that at the end of the blood that has to be manifested in the better than it used to be. Brother Bremer said that in an efficient church age, he said that. He said that this was a part of his eternal and a predestinated purpose. He said that this plan was to be to the praise of the glory of his grace. It was a plan of redemption. It was a plan of salvation. He said, now listen closely. God being a savior, it was necessary that he predestinated a man who would require salvation in order to give himself a reason and purpose of a being. When I read that quote, I know I read that many, many times before. But when I read that, my heart just melted. So think about a sense. The prophet said, he, he said it was necessary that he predestinated a man who would require salvation in order to give himself a reason and purpose of a being. Do you realize, my sinner friends, if you are a child of a God, don't let me say to Eve, you are children of a God. You are the bride of Jesus Christ. You give the reason and purpose for God to be. Do you realize, Brother Mike, Brother Matthew, Tiffany, Brother Matthew, Lardili, the Hoffmans, do you realize you are the reason and purpose of God to be a self-existing God? You are the purpose that he become a being. You give him a reason to be a being. You give him a purpose for him to be God. You give him a purpose for him to be a savior. You give him a purpose. 
for him to be a healer. You gave him a purpose for him to be a deliverer. You gave him a purpose even to be a God, to live. That a creator created heaven and earth. None of them gave him a purpose, but you gave him a purpose. You gave him a reason to become a being. You are the sinner. How, how worthless we are. Try to be humble. You don't have to be humble. You don't have to be humble. We're just nothing. If even we just died, we're just the ashes worth 84 cents. But that 84 cents, give him a being, give him a purpose of a being. You are the purpose of him to being God. You give him a reason to be a being. He predestinated a man will require a salvation. Without falling, how are you going to need a salvation? Without a sickness, how are you going to need a healer? Without you lose your children, how you will be like a father that's standing at the door, that are waiting for the prodigal son to come home. Now you will say, I get him back. Like you get it from death. Then you find out that the fellowship between you and your son become more valuable than, than ever before. If you as a man can feel that way, what about about, what about a God? Have you really felt the heart of the Lord this morning? Have you really felt the heart of yearning and longing? God said to those sinners, God said to those backsiders, you give me the reason of my being. You give me a purpose of me being a healer. You give me a purpose for me to be a savior. You actually get to the potential of a God to be manifested. He predestinated this world. To become so evil like you are living today. By his foreknowledge, he knows Satan will come to it as a climax. By his foreknowledge, he knows the whole world, whole world is going to drop into the total chaos. But God predestinated that by his foreknowledge. By his foreknowledge so that he can predestinate. But for what? Is that for our eyes? To focus on how evil this world can beget. It's not a focus on how the trials that we're going through. How the difficulties that we went through. All the things that we're going through. But he wants his eyes to be focused. Said you, I predestinated all of this. But all of this can only do one thing. is to burn out the potential that I have in me. Only you can get my potential out. Only in this evil age that I can become a more of a deliverer. Only in this evil age 
What a world to become a soul in debauchery that in my grace and my power can be more manifested than ever. You give him a reason and purpose of him to be a being. It's only when the situation comes and becomes so difficult, comes and becomes so contrary, contrary, then the Lord's power, then His might, His deliverance can be manifested in a double portion. You know, God is not afraid of the prostitute. God is not afraid of your failure. God is not afraid of your backsliding. Do you want to move your house to the neighborhood in the Eastern Hastings? I know, Brother Matthew, you love there. You love to do witness there. Do you want to move your house there? Do you want to live in Wally? Do you want a drug dealer to be your neighbor? Do you want a drunk herder to be your neighbor? If I got a neighbor party at 10 o'clock in the night, I pray the Lord to drive him away. We don't want that. But do you know God wants it? You don't want to even move to the neighborhood that was so filthy and evil. But God wants it. He's not afraid of that. Why? Because the better life speak better things. There's something better need to be spoken out. There's something in God that only in this hour can be speaking out because the blood needed speaking better things. Better. What does that mean, better? The better in the, come from the word power, dominion, strength, mighty with great power, a mighty deed, a work of a power, is a force, is a strength. Do you know that God speaks of better things? The blood speaks of better things. Because in that blood, there's a power. We're saying there's a power in the blood. And there's a power in the blood. In that, in that blood is the power. That blood that speaks of better things. They can overcome any filth. They can overcome any wayward children. They can overcome any deceiving power of Satan. They can overcome any temptation. Because the blood speaking better things. In that the blood has the power to conquer every those things. We don't want to move into the neighborhood of that is bad. But you know when God moves into the neighborhood of that is bad, when He moved Himself into the backslider, when He moved into the something that some people that's the wayward. God do the total renovation. They tear down the whole house. And then when he was making up his high building, you know, it's just that that land is the worst. Even one day, the whole Easter hasting, all become the, the high rises, become the good uh, houses was built up there. The whole Easter hasting, their value will be so increased. Would you agree with that? And everybody probably want to move over there. Because they drive away all these drug things, all those things. They make all the million dollars house build it up there. And then the whole neighborhood was changed. You know when God doing that, He do the same thing. 
sometimes we think the situation was so impossible, but God moved in Himself in there. That is impossible situation doesn't devalue, but it increased the value of it. When we're thinking that our situation was impossible, when God coming in, then he, he make the value become more increased than when you're in the smooth, everything is okay. When our children was wayward, when God bring them back, they become a double precious. When we're going through a rough situation, when God bring us through, that doesn't devalue it, but that just increase the value of it. When we saw the split, when we saw the different things that happened in the church, all kinds of things, the people left the message, it doesn't devalue the message. Those people that stayed, they just make them more valuable. The Bible in the book of Hosea, chapter 1 and 2, it said, The beginning of the word of God by Hosea. And the Lord said to Hosea, Go, take unto thee a wife of a whoredom and children of whoredoms. For the land has committed a great whoredom, departing from the Lord. So he went unto Gomer, the daughter of Adibalim, which conceived and bare him a son. And then in the word... In the, in the scripture over here, he said, take unto thee a wife of a whoredom. I said, what does that mean? How was the heart of the Lord has to show to the person, show to us through the, the prophet, even to take an adulteress that unto him as a wife. But as I said, God doesn't afraid of a prostitute. God doesn't afraid of uh, the things that you do wrong. God doesn't afraid of your backside. God doesn't afraid of your weakness. Because all in all of that, it just shows that the blood can speak better things. The blood still can conquer. The blood still can wash. The blood can still deliver. Instead of the take, in the word of take, that means to take and to carry it along. The take that means to carry it away. It's to take possession of. In another word, and Christ will say to you, no matter how filthy you are, no matter you think how weak you are, but I take you as my possession. And a take that means capture. That means to seize. It shows to us that He is the greater conqueror. Christ take you by force. And to take, that means take vengeance. That means to tell you, to tell the Satan, he said that you're no longer got a hold of my bride. No matter how wicked she is, no matter how filthy you might think, no matter how many things that you do wrong, but you're in my possession. As long as you're in my hand, I can do the renovation of you. I can do the transforming of you. There's nothing going to hold you any longer. You don't belong to Satan anymore, but you belong to me. And a take also means stolen from. I just love that. God has stole you, stolen you out of from the denomination. He's stolen you out of from the bar. How safely devil was thinking he has held you. How safely you think this guy is a drunk that you is a head off. And this one I already totally control. But God said, I'm going there. I'm stolen him out of that. I'm not only just stolen him out of the bar, out of the denomination. I'm going to stolen him from the earth and stole him out to heaven. Better rapture. Amen. 
No wonder the second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are becoming new. What is the God is doing? He's to try to prove to you that in the word of the prophet, which is the word of God, which is the Christ himself, and that in that word has a better life, can reverse any situation. We say this message is the Christ. And the Christ is the word. And then that in that blood, that is the life of God. There's in there that can speak of better things. In Luther's time, they have a better, he had a better things than the Catholics. And then in Wesley, he said better things than Luther. And the Pentecost message can speak better than Wesley. But you know in this message, that it speaks better than anything else. Because this word is the last word. The prophet said in a masterpiece, he said, all true life that was in the stock, tussle, and husk is now gathered in the seed, ready for the resurrection, ready for the harvest. He said, an alpha has become omega. The seed that fell in the garden of Eden and died there, come back from that imperfect seed that died there, come back to the perfect seed, the second Adam. He said that Alpha and Omega is the same. The first ministry and the last ministry is the same. The first message and the second last message is the same thing. He said, I am, I was in Alpha, I'm in Omega. What a message that we have. We have the same message that Jesus preached when he was on the Galilee. Because he says that an Alpha is, has become the Omega. He said that Alpha and Omega is the same. That's why God gave it as a ministry. Just almost exactly like the ministry that Jesus Christ had had. What happened to Jesus? This happened in this age too. God to show to us we're coming to the end time. The first message and the last message is the same message. What God did in it before in Jesus' time, the same God would do the same thing that in our age. Then Brother Bram said that a great masterpiece of a family, the second Adam and the second Eve, now ready for the garden, the millennium, is headed back to, back onto the earth. Then he said, hallelujah, the great sculpture didn't leave them lay there. He took them, he took time as they did through the millions of years, molded the first perfect couple and they fell. Now it's been through thousands of years, he's molded it again. And now, here they're ready. I was thinking, what message that God has to give it to us? Do we really be impressed by the word that God has showed to us in this last age? Or if this is just a message, or if it is just a, just a term to us, or it is just the blood that is the God shed for us that He had to speak of better things than it ever speak. 
This message has been better speaking than anything else that we know it of. It's better than the Lucifer's message. It's better than the Pentecostal message. It's better than anything else. Then why have we have to look at it back to find an answer? All the answer is in the Word of God that God gave us in this age. Because of this blood has speak of better things. Because the message, He is Christ. When Christ speak, that is the blood that is to speak. And whenever he speak, he always speak better things. He's not afraid that whatever situation that you are in, because the blood can speak better things that overcome your devastated situation. Some of the marriage got devastated, but do you know that the blood can still speak better things? You might be wanting to the depression, but do you realize? Do you realize that the blood can still speak better things? All the answer is in the Word of God that in this hour. And actually the blood speak better things is not on the outside, it's right in you. Because when you receive the Word, you receive Christ's blood. That blood is in you. It's that blood that speak better things. That blood is not speaking condemnation. That blood can speak better things that said you are forgiven. The blood speak of better things than say you're free. You don't have to be tied down anymore. You are an overcomer. That is the blood has to speak. That's why when you're facing this situation, maybe in your mind you're thinking that this is impossible, but somehow that the getter the strength that it in you, that the inside of the getter the word that come out, said no Lord, this is all thing impossible. What is that? That better life speak of better things. You possess that a better life. That better life will always speak of better things. No matter you failed it or you don't feel it. No matter the reason tell you this and reason tell you that, you don't listen to that. You only listen to one thing, the blood and that living in you speak better things. That better life can go deeper than you think. The better life of the living in you can go sometime that you cannot even tell anybody else. Sometime the situation was so deep that you don't want anybody else to know. But if you remember that better life, they can go deeper than what you think. You try to find an answer, you try to find a comfort from some people. Some children might be trying to comfort, try to find a comfort, maybe from advice or from your friends and things. You don't have to find a comfort from that. If you ever received the word, if you ever received the Christ, that the blood speak better things than in your life. You can find a comfort by the word that you received. You're not a young, too young to receive the word. You're not a too old that you receive the word. No matter what you are, no matter what life that you have been living before, no matter what background you are, but remember that love, that blood always speaking better things. What you received is the word in this hour. That in that word is the life of a Christ. You're not just to receive the message, my folks. You're not just to receive the message of the preacher by William Branham. You received the blood of Jesus Christ. That in that blood, that's still speaking. Sometimes you're facing the situation that you're just thinking, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to do this? 
And sometimes even you just saying that, Lord, I believe you. Even you, when you saying that, it seems like it's so powerless. It seems like it's so weak, so watered down. But don't you forget, it's the blood speaking. It's not your reasoning speaking. It's not you try to, how loud you shout is speaking. As long as you have that blood living in you, even that's a small voice, that small voice also is a better life, speaking better word. Don't let the devil lie to you. You possess enough power that is far more than what you imagine that. It's not how you feel it or not. It's not how you give in and your emotion that says this or not. But it's the word that's living in you. That who you received. That word will never fail you. Many times the situation I go through. Many times the things that I overcome. It's not a while I failed it. It's not a while I feel it's that I'm a, seems like I'm on a mountain top. A lot of time when I feel I'm on a mountain top, it's the time I failed. But it's when I was in the valley, sometimes I said to the Lord, what, they, what, what good is going to come out of this? But Lord, you know, Lord, you know the situation. Lord, I believe you. Then I leave it aside. And then in God's time, the things changed. The God reversed the whole situation. It's not a how emotional you are. It's not a how you try to work yourself into it. But just simply believe the word. And to know that the word that you received that will never fail you. Let a musician come. Let me read out a quote again to you. God being a savior, it was necessary that he predestinated a man who would require salvation in order to give himself a reason and purpose of a being. God is a God that works on a specialist in the things that is impossible. No matter what situation that you have, no matter how impossible this seems like. But it's God ordained the things that have come on your past. Why He ordained the things that come on your past? It's because of that gave Him the reason and a purpose of a being. And then God can show Himself. Then God can manifest Himself. Then God can conquer the things that you cannot conquer. Then He can overcome the things that you cannot overcome. It's to the love of a God will fulfill that. The love of God it will never fail you. And He so love us, He give us the word of this hour. What is that word? The message is Christ. And the, the, the blood that is still speaking better things that are to the people that who is in need. If we can sing, if we can stand. That's the singing of the song. I claim the blood.
need a deliverance that is in that blood. You need a faith. I think every one of us, we need a faith. But do you know that's also that's in that blood? And it's not some super face. It's not some super duper that you something that you can fill that. It's just a genuine master seed of faith. If you can just believe His word, and that word will bring you through every time, no matter what situation that is. It doesn't, you know, the faith and the situation is not have to be equally sized. I think I talked to you and I quoted to you. Brother Branham said that if you just halfway believe. He said you can cast the demon. He says the equally size. The devil was so big. He was a big. He can stir the storm. He can big. He can do this and that. It doesn't take the equally face size of a face to drive him out. You said I got a cancer. I got this sickness. It doesn't take the equalized. Is that an equalized word? Is that a word? It doesn't take the equal size of a face to deal with him. Your face is just a simple face. Believe what is the word of God has said. I remember when my when my dad was got to the got the sickness. One not one in a million, probably one in the hundreds of a million, and he got that disease. It doesn't. I saw the lightning. I saw the vision. I dreamed the dream. Cast the demon out. I pray day and night. I fast and pray. I fast and pray to drive the demon out. And he got sick. It's just on the phone, a simple prayer with my wife. And then one week later, when I get to see him, he's out of the hospital. What do you do? By the simple faith. On what? On the blood of Jesus Christ. That is still speaking the better things to you. That's the blood that you can claim. And that's the blood that's only shed it for you. He doesn't give it to other people because other people don't receive him. He gave it to you because you receive him. Let's not sing that again. Like you really mean that, that we can claim the blood because they made it special for you. Let's just sing it together. I claim the blood. Father what is the blood of Jesus Christ can do Lord Lord maybe some people they're going through the rough situation that they're in Lord maybe some people going through a hurt maybe some people going through a bitterness maybe some people going through probably that are critical trials in their life But Lord, I want to think about what that blood can do Lord, to a person. Lord, we love so much our pastor. Brother Ed, Lord, 
I was just thinking of this afternoon. He was born just a few years old, then become an orphan. Then his mom passed away. They have to be pulling from pillar to post. And that is going through in the northern country. But Lord, it never created a bitterness that in his life. Lord, I'm thinking about he coming from a, the east to come back to the west to here. And he gave up all those things. And many times I never even hear him mention one time. What that did to him. Lord, I don't believe it's just a man's ability. I don't believe that's just a power of a man. But Lord, I believe it's the blood of Jesus Christ that is speaking of better things. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that it don't leave any hurt. It don't leave any then the things that it can be bitterness. But Lord, it's the blood of Jesus Christ that it totally washed the person and can transform the person. Lord, if your blood can do to him, Lord, don't your blood can do to anybody else. If on the same base that we come before you, Lord, we just dedicate ourselves to you, to believe you, and to love you, to give our whole self to you. Lord, what you did to other person, Lord, did to him, Lord, you would do the same thing to us. Father, I pray for this congregation. Lord, there are people that here need a healing. Let them understand that they can claim the blood. Because in that blood, there's a virtue of a healing in there. There's a people here that need a deliverance. Lord, may they go to the blood of Jesus Christ, which is the word that they received in this hour. They can still speak better things. There's still power. They can speak the dominion. They can speak power strength so they can speak in anything that he needed is all in this blood that they have received Lord there may be people that are going through a devastated situation maybe it's the family maybe it's their marriage or whatever that situation they're in Lord and may they understand that they don't need to find a comfort from the people from a person they need to find a comfort from this blood of Jesus Christ there's a still virtue that in the blood that it can speak still better things. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the words that we heard this morning. Lord, it was so touched in my heart. Let us think about how my God, my Lord, can leave the 99 that for that one sheep, because that one sheep worth the 10,000 worlds. Lord, we give you thanks. We know you're dealing with us. You're dealing with our heart. That's why we obey your dealing, Lord. Whatever you said, we say amen to it. Whatever you ever try to convey your thought to us, we receive it, Lord. Lord, we receive your blood. Lord, we claim your blood. And let the blood that in our life speak better things. Lord, to conquer all the jealousy, to conquer all the bitterness, to conquer anything that we cannot conquer, to conquer the habits that so beset on our people. Lord, may our life that live through in our life, Lord. We give you all the glory. Ask you to be with the congregation as we dismissed. Lord, send them to home in peace. Lord, let them in at appointed time. And it's a Friday when we come back, when our brother Vernon and come. Lord, and may you anoint it, our brother, speaking of better things through the blood that he received. 
Lord, that a word of a God that is so speaking to our heart, so that our heart can the longing and the yearning can be satisfied. We thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. That we pray, Amen. And may the Lord bless you. Let's just before we go, let's、uh, sing the song of nothing but the blood, and then shake your hand, shake hands to each other, and say the best thing you can say. May the Lord bless you. Let's just sing the song of nothing but the blood. When washed away.